Okay, Parshas Vayelech. We're privileged to have Parshas Vayelech by itself. It's the shortest Parsha, 30 Psukim. But it's uh, certainly not a, um, a Parsha to overlook. And it also happens to be Shabbat which is called Shabbat from the word Tshuva because of the Haftarah, which is Shuva Yisrael, Ad Hashem Elokecha, it's a famous Haftarah, famous Haftarah that we, that we read from the Sefer of, actually it's for, we, we take Psukim from three different Nevi'im, it's all in the Treyasar, all in the Treyasar, we start from Hosea, the Pasuk Shuva Yisrael, oh, I tried to hold them off. <laughs> we start from Shuvah Yisrael from Hosea, and then we move to the Psukim in Micha, a few Psukim, and then Psukim in Yoel. We end off. So, and, and uh, but they're all in Treyasa, it's all in the same Sefer. We call it the same Sefer, the same Klaf. And this makes up the, the Haftarah of, of Shabbat Shuvah, which is so special, but it's Parsha's Vayelech. And the Parsha begins with, with something that is really the theme of Parsha's Vayelech. And it's also a, a theme that I, I want to bring to our awareness about, I think, what what this uh, special time, the Aserasi Mechuva, really is supposed to be, and what was started, the momentum that was started with Rosh Hashanah. Vayelech Moshe. And Moshe went. Vaydaber es advarim ha'elel kol Yisrael. And he spoke these words to all of Klal Yisrael. This was the day of his death. Zion Oder. The last day, he did a lot. His last day was a long day. And the, the, the Pasuk says, And he said to them, I'm today 120 years old. I mean, today is my birthday, and I know I'm dying on Zion Oder. Anoichi Hayoim. Right? Anoichi always refers to Anoichi Hashem Elokecha, which was his essence of that he was the Noisen HaTorah. And Hayoim, we know, the Zoyar says, always refers to Rosh Hashanah. So it's again bring, bringing the two concepts together. I can't go in and out. I no longer can go out and come in. And Rashi says that, what does that mean? You think, he, well, you think he'd be, he'd be 120 years old, that he was a little weak, right? A little uh, slowing down a little bit, as they say. It's time to slow down. You know, the person rounds 80, 90, it's time to slow down. Maybe don't work so much, you know, slow down. We were just talking about the Rabbi Mandel, Rabbi uh, Mandel, Tzaddik, who lived in Los Angeles, Rabbi Wiener's uh, father-in-law, Rabbi Krauss's uncle, his father-in-law's brother, younger brother, who 
all his life he taught first grade boys in, in New York. And he, he decided it's time, they told him it's time to slow down. So he moved to Los Angeles to retire and he started teaching first grade girls. Why is that retiring? Because boys are six days a week and girls are only five days a week. So that was his retirement. So Baruch Hashem, my, all my five daughters had Rabbi Mandel as his first grade f- uh, teacher. And he was unbelievable with the girls' uh, stories. We could spend the whole class, the stories that, that, that he, would, he would do. Unbelievable teacher. Taught them so much Torah and so much Hashkafa and so much Yerushamayim and so much practicality, even eating healthy and act a good healthy living. Uh, all in first grade? All in first grade. <laughs> he taught and he only spoke, he spoke Ivris, not Ivrit. He spoke in Ivris, Ivris, Hebrew. Well, not Ivris with the Saf. But he spoke in Ivris and they learned so much language. And by talking to them constantly, easy words, you know, and then, but, and they, they learned, uh, they learned how to talk. Anyway, so, so this is his retirement. But Moshe Rabbeinu said, you'd think that Moshe Rabbeinu had to slow down because he was weak. He says, no, it says he didn't lose his strength. Right? And Rashi says in the second pshat, which is really part of the first pshat, he says the mantle of responsibility of, of, of leadership was given to Yoshua. And Rashi says, that it was closed off from him, the faucet of Mesoyrois, and Mayonos HaChachma. He wasn't able to teach Torah. When he couldn't teach Torah, he said, my life is over. And this is the, this is the Yisaid, because Moshe Rabbeinu, his whole essence, his whole presence was being able to give over, being able to open up and share the Mayonos and the, and the Mesoyrois that he was given, Min HaShemayim, from Sinai, that he was able to share that over his long productive life to Klal Yisrael and if he no longer had that then he no longer can give it over so then he wasn't the leader that HaKashbrohu wanted him now this is, this is extremely important because in this week's Parsha we also have the 613th Mitzvah, which is for each person obligation to write a Sefer Torah course I had the schus to do myself it was not, not easy not for everybody but everybody has to have the obligation to commission or to be part of writing a Sefer Torah. Why is this so important and why is this mitzvah usually found in, in Aser Simei Tshuva it's not a coincidence things like that are not a coincidence so there's a, there's a very important message which I think has to do overall with uh, the, this period of time of Aseris Mechuva. You know, there's a famous question from Yisrael Salanter: Why is Rosh Hashanah the Yom Adin before Yom Kippur? Really, it should be the day of Yom Kippur where a person gets kapara and he does his tshuva and he reaches 
a level of the highest level that he could reach, then you put him through the judgment, just like you know a lawyer doesn't walk into the courtroom. Okay, what do we, what's 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 on the docket today? What's the what's the court case? No, he researched and he did his, you know, his uh, his. You know, his research, and he did all of his homework first. Now he has a presentation to give. He knows what 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 will work, what will not work. How he's going to plead the case for his client. You know, if the client sees, he walks to the court, and says, "Yeah, who are you? And what was it that we're? What are you? What are you coming to jump? What is it? It's a capital crime. I'm the putting may put me to death. And you didn't even look through the case at all. That's not a good lawyer." So why the Yaimadin should be after the uh, should be after the Yaim of Kippur, the Yaim of Kapara and Slicha and Kapara, where we put our best foot forward. And of course there's so many answers to this, many all the Bali Musar deal with this. And the truth is that this answers another question. Why is Rosh Hashanah the first two days of of the seriously made tshuva, it's not fair. We don't we don't have the opportunity to to clap al chait. We don't have the opportunity to say slichas. Um, so how could a fifth, right, twenty percent of the seriously made tshuva be wasted in a way for on the seriously on on Rosh Hashanah? Shouldn't be called eight days then. Then it should be called eight days, right? Why is it called a seriously made tshuva? Can't do too much tshuva. And the answer, of course, is that the recognition and the, um, the process of the tefillos on Rosh Hashanah, which is HaMelech Yoishev, that we, our eyes are opened up to the reality that HaKosh Baruch Hu is the, the king and HaKosh Baruch Hu's rulership is Kvoidoi Molei Oilam, which we say every week, in the, in the, we say it always in the Kedusha. But we say it all year round. On Rosh Hashanah, we feel it. On Rosh Hashanah, we, it, 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 th- through our special tefillahs, through the elaboration, and all the psukim, and the malchias, zichronus, and shofras, that the, it's a day where the, the mesoiris and the mayonus ha the wellsprings of wisdom, because of the Kedusha of the day, are open. That's why Rosh Hashanah was chosen. The Rishonim in the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, the, Rabbein, uh, the, the Ran in the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, uh, on, the, on that Gemara says, why, if the world was created in Nisan, why do we have Rosh Hashanah in Tishrei? So he says, because Tishrei, we, we know that, that, uh, that Automation was created at least b'machshava in Tishrei, and he goes through how every hour of the day after HaKosh Baruch created the world and created Odomarishan on that sixth day, which is representative of Rosh Hashanah, that after he sinned, he went to judgment, and he came out bedimus, he came out okay in his din. That's bedimus, he came out successful. And that should be a skula for us, that the that also um, there's there's wisdom and there's ability to achieve um, success in our judgment on Rosh Hashanah every year, and that's the school of the Zman Grama, 
of the Shechionu Lazman Azeh, this special time that repeats itself throughout history. That's what we believe. It's not just an anniversary. It's a recurring time that we can tap into. And through our tefillahs and through the special brachas of Malchias, the Charnas and Shofras, and with the blowing of the shofar, we can access these Messiris, these Mayanas of Chachma that we talk about in the parsha that Moshe Rabbeinu no longer had. And therefore Rosh Hashanah, the day becomes a day that of awareness, of awareness of looking around the world and seeing what we, what we didn't see, what perhaps we didn't, we didn't uh, understand all year round. And this is for individuals, and this is for the Klal Yisrael, the, the general population, and not just for Klal Yisrael, but we see that the world is, is run by Malchus Shemayim, even though it's hidden and uh, we live with a lot of Hester Ponim and Akash Brochu anyways is uh, hidden behind the curtain. But we're able to access that. And this is what we, we said today actually in the, in the Slichas. You know, every day we go through the process of Slichas. If you look before each Slicha, um, it starts off with Hakdamas, with Psicha, and then it goes through the, something called Akeda. If you look at a little word before some of the, the, like the third or fourth, it says Akeda. That we go through a process of bringing aspects of that Akeda Yitzchak. And in today's Slichas, the day after Tzayim Gedalia, it uses the word that Hashlomas Yichudai. That in the Akeda, there was something special where Avram Avinu was told, Kach as bincha, take your son, es yichidcha, your single, your one and only son, asher ahafta, that you loved, es yitzchak. Each one was a, a, a broader, more specific level of understanding who you're taking, understand what it is that I'm asking you, that HaKadosh Baruch wants him to focus on and to take all of those aspects and to come into the Akedah with all that. The Nisayan was, was that broad. And today we say, Hashlomas Yehudai. There's something about seeing the individuality, the uniqueness of every single person. Yes, we're all part of a community, but when we daven, we also have an individualistic aspect. I, I said over a story, a beautiful story, that a a gentleman, maybe in his upper 60s, knocked on the door of a Balchuvi yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. And he says, says, Rabbi, to the Rosh Yeshiva, he says, I just retired from my job after many years. And obviously the guy was not religious. And he says, now I want to join your yeshiva. So he looks at him and says, wow, that's like an unusual, unusual thing. What, tell me, what, where is this coming from? So he says, I'll tell you says, my mother and I, we were Holocaust survivors. My father, I was about four years old. My father was killed by the Nazis. And we didn't have where to go. Obviously, we were broken. My mother was shattered. Her whole life was over. And she promised herself no more religion. 
God didn't, where, where is God? And I didn't see him, I didn't have, he wasn't here for me. 1950, he moved to Eretz Yisrael. They moved to Tel Aviv, in an irreligious area, and she was fending, trying to find, ecking out a, some kind of livelihood for herself. Meanwhile, she didn't have enough food or where to live that was large enough for her and her son. So she put her son in an orphanage. Little did she know that this orphanage was run by the Panovich Arav, and it was a orthodox religious orphanage. And she put him there, this was in B'nai Brak, and she was in Tel Aviv. After a few weeks, she got on her feet a little bit. She went to visit her son. And lo and behold, it was like Tishabov. She sees, oh my goodness, I put my son in a religious orphanage. How could I? How could I? I promised myself that no more religion. And she yanked her son out of this orphanage and took him back to, to Tel Aviv with her. And she found a little corner for him to sleep. That's it. The next day, the Panovich Rav came to the orphanage and he's looking around. He sees an empty bed. And he was like the father of all the, all the orphans. And he said, where's, where's your ankle? So he says, his mother came yesterday and she started screaming religion. I can't take it. And she took him back to B'nai. Really, what's the address? He jumped into a taxi and he went to, B'nai, went to Tel Aviv. He knocks on the door. She says, yes, can I help you? He says, yes, I'm the father of all the orphans. And we miss Yankel. Your Yankel, he was the apple of my eye. He was my Yechid Yochid, my Ben Yochid. And where is he? So she says, telling him, she's crying, she's telling him, you know, I went through the Holocaust, my husband was killed, and, and I, 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 just, I just can't. I, where is God? And she's crying and screaming. So he sees he's not getting anywhere with her. So he asks, he asks the son, he says, bring me a chair. So the son, Yankel, brings him a chair. He sits down in the chair. And the Panovich starts sobbing, starts crying. For 10, 15 minutes, he's just crying and crying and crying over this lost neshama that is not going to be raised in an orthodox Torahic environment and then he got up and he left and this this child now a 70 year old man told this Rosh Hashiv, he says those tears of the Panovich have been haunting me for over 60 years they've been haunting me and I, and I, I can't let them out of my mind and now I'm here to, to realize my dream of coming back, and I want to start learning Torah. This is, this is, it's, it's a reality, you know, there, we, we sometimes paint for ourselves a situation that there, there's a world without religion, there's a world without the Rabbani Shalom. Rosh Hashanah gives us that a, a, ability to see that there is no world without the Rabbani Shalom. There's no place, there's no Kvoidai Molei Oilam. And you know, and, and we go through this, and this is the this is the reality of what Rosh Hashanah gives us and starts the process every year that we start seeing we can oh our eyes get opened. And whether we even if we live religiously and but, but we we we're always apologetic. We're living in a non-Jewish world, 
and we think that there's a reality, but I'm religious. Where there's reality, but I'm orthodox. No, I'm part of the Torah community. We, and we think there's a, there's a reality other than that. And in Rosh Hashanah, we start the process seeing there is no other reality. Everything. It, it's a day of judgment for everybody because it's a day of reality that everybody, we're all under the the Kvoid Malchusai. And this is what this is what the Yudgimel Midas of Rachamim that we say on during our Sarasme Chuva. The the Aseris, the, the Yudgimel Midas of Rachamim, as we say in the in the Slichas, every time we say Kel Melech, we say there are two sentences. We says Kel Hoyresa Loimar Shloishasrei. We says Akashbar, you gave us. You commanded us. Yehoresa means from the word Torah. You, you instructed us to say these Yurgil Midas Arachimim, and they were given to us at the time of the Egel. When we, Kashbar says, say this formula. This is the magic formula, and you'll be forgiven. And Uschor Lonu Hayoim Bris Shloishasrei. What are these two things? You, you commanded us, Hoyresa Lonu. You commanded us and instructed us to say the Shloish Esrei. And then, remember for us, Hayyim, which is always referring to Rosh Hashanah, Bris Shloish, the covenant. These are two separate things. One is that, of course, this is a formula how to get tshuva. This is like our, in case of emergency, break glass. This is our fire extinguisher, right? If you can't, nothing else helps. This is it. But also, the they there's a bris of, there's a covenant that it's part and parcel of how the world works, just it's not seen. And sometimes we have to just reveal and then you'll see how it's the, the Yud Gimel Midas HaRachim is how HaKadosh Baruch Hu deals with the world always. Hazon Nesa'olam Kuloi Betuvoi Bechein Bechesed Uvrachamim HaKadosh Baruch he sustains all of the world. Right, me from the largest animal to the, I mean, there's of course the food chain, you know, who eats whom. It's not a punishment, it's just how the world turns. The ecosystem of the world, it's in everywhere. It's in the world, it's in the sky. Even the mushrooms have to grow on something. They don't grow from ground, but they grow from something. Bacteria, you know, and then they then they make uh, penicillin from from. I mean, everything has its system, place, and system in the world. We just have to see. We don't see it. Meshachachma points out some that we would never. We also don't see when we look into the Torah. He says in the parsha of Bikurim, which we had two weeks ago, which you know the whole Pesach Seder is built on. <clears throat> there is thirteen times the shame Havaya. Did you notice it? No, I didn't notice it either. But the Meshachachman noticed it. He's doing Shnai Mikrevech Targum. He, he sees what we don't see. I mean, that's, that's Mayonai Sachachma, the Meshachachma. Ravudaman tried his whole life, he was in Slabotki, tried to go to, to Dvinsk to see the Meshachachma, to see the Orsameach. Couldn't get a passport. He was always on the wrong side of the fence. Never saw him, but he wanted to just see him. And Slabotka was a big thing 
the Rogachover also lived in Dvinsk, the two Gedolim. One was the Rogachover was Chasidish, and the Mer Simcha was the, the Litvisha. There were two Rabbanim, two Gedolim in one little town. I don't know if the town was a, as big as Little Pico, you know, a couple blocks here. But they were two Gedolim there. And, and, and in Slabotka, it was a big thing. Everybody had letters from the Rogachover. If you wrote a letter to him, he wrote it back to you. He wrote you an answer. And all you had to do was send him a self-addressed postage envelope because he couldn't afford the postage. <laughs> but everybody had letters from the Rogachover. Even Ruderman showed me he had letters from the Rogachover, Shailas and whatever. A lot, a lot to talk about. The Meshachachma looked at the Parsha of Bikurim and he saw 13 times the Shem Havaya. What does that mean? That the depth of the mitzvah of Bikurim when we go to our field and we notice, notice the first fruit budding, tie a string on it, teaching us, be aware of the world you live in, look at that bud, look at that flower, look at it budding into a fruit. Something's growing. See the growth. We look at grass growing through concrete. We, we should stop and show our kids, how does this piece of grass crack open the concrete that's that's four or five inches thick. How? <clears throat> that's the power of growth. We can rip it with our hands. Anybody can rip a piece of grass. But there it is, cracking the concrete. All over Los Angeles we have that problem with, with roots. Every person who has a homeowner has problem with roots growing into these pipes and, uh, and everywhere. How do they do it? Causes havoc. You have to call your plumber. You have to snake out the main lines. It's uh, it's ruining the foundations of our houses. Besides the termites eating our houses, we these. What's going on? We're earthquakes. I mean, you know, this is all Hakadosh Baruch Hu speaking to us. So it's it's communication. Tie that little string. So thirteen times in that parsha of Hakara Satoiv is teaching us who we're going to see. We want to see the Rabbani Shalom in the world. Train yourself. It's right there. Yud Gimel Midas Arachim is there in the parish of Bikurim. That's where the whole Seder of, is, is built on that. And we read that, there, or we know we read that during uh, Parsha's Kisavai, right before Rosh Hashanah. This is what the Yud Gimel Midas Arachim are all about. And that slowly has an effect just like those grass roots they can break through concrete they can break through our our um, being numb a whole year or a whole life to not seeing and all of a sudden why wow, I see God every why doesn't everybody see God a person's inspired all of a sudden they they, they go to discovery right and and then they want to shake everybody so why don't you see it well you know, there's a process you have to thank you were given that ability to see it and to understand it and to change make changes based on it but it's it's not everybody yeah everybody has to wait you have to give everybody the chance to see it on their level Kundavan, that they should be enlightened. They should also see it. But once you see it, it's all over the place. I said a muscle, you know, when you're trying to buy a car. So then all of a sudden, you're looking at a certain car, you research it, the better business bureau, you go into consumer affairs, and you, oh, you do all your research online. All of a sudden, everywhere you go, you see that car. 
everywhere. Wow, everybody's driving that car. You never noticed it before. You want to buy a suit or a, uh, maybe women with shaitals, and all of a sudden, everybody, everywhere you look, there's that, there's that shoes and those shaitals and those this. It's, when you become aware of it, then all of a sudden it's all over. When we talk about on Rosh Hashanah, Malchus Shemaim HaMelech Yoishev, then all of a sudden we can see it all over. That's the Yudgil Amin It's there. We just have to see it. So now we're just mentioning because now we're aware of it. So we want to take advantage of it. It's not that, not only because Asher Shemaim is an Eist Tzara, which is true, it is. That's Atharesa. Uh, but the bris of Shloisha, it's there. It's, it's a covenant. Like the bris that we do to a child. Right? We cut off the orla, and now all of a sudden his neshama is complete. He can see things. We've given this child the ability to be able to learn Torah, as, as uh, Rabbi Kveger brings from the Eulah Sephraim. That's why we give him a name only at the bris. He's not complete. He doesn't have a complete neshama till, and we can't do the bris before eight days because it's not healthy. It's not safe. But after that, all of a sudden, then his neshama can develop and can grow. There's a mitzvah of chinuch when he's when he gets a little older, right? Yodel ledaber. The Gemara in, in Sukkah says uh, you teach him. And Yisrael, you have to, then you become aware of his levels and start being mechanachim. At bar mitzvah, his further neshama develops, and now he has to, he's mechuyiv in mitzvahs. But his neshama is ready for it at that point, not before. This is, and this is what Rav Rudman used to say, why the, the connection between Shabbos and Tshuva we know that this is called Shabbos Shuvah, but we know that Ademarishan, when he came, he was born on Friday, or, or created on Friday, and then he did the sin, and then he did Shuvah for 130 years, we know. But he, he bumped into, the, the Medra says, he bumped into Cain, and he says, Cain, you did, what a, a sin, killed your brother. Manasseh Bedinach. Reverend brings this, Manasa Bedinach. What did you, what happened with your with your judgment? So he said. So he says. So he says, Osisi Chuva Venis Pasharti. I did Chuva and I was, you know, I was given a reprieve for my chet. So Ardmarishan said, I didn't know. It's a Medish Rabbah, embracious. Parsha Chav Beis, Simon Yud Gimel. Poga by Ardmarishan Bekayin, Manasa Bedinach, Asisi Chuvenis Basharti. Hischil Ardmarishan Le Metapeach Al Ponov. That he Armishan started banging his on his face. Oh this is the power of Chuva. Vani Loiho Yisi and I didn't know. Miyad Omad Rishan Odam Rishan Miyad Omad Odam Rishan Armishan got up for Omar Mizmor Shir Lyoima Shabbos. Madrish Plia. 
That's our Mizmashir Mashabas. We know that 10 people authored and, and contributed to what Dovid Melech ultimately wrote, and I think 10 wrote Adamarishan, and one of them is this Tehillim of Tzadik Beis, which is the Shir Shil Yoim of Mizmashir Yoim Mashabas. What's the conversation? No, 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 no. No, no. That oh, so what's the connection? Yeah. What's the connection? So Ravudman, everybody says, everybody has something about this. Every book you look at, Ravudman used to say because Avada Adamarishan knew tshuva. He he was doing tshuva himself. <laughs> yeah, after the chet. But he didn't. He thought that tshuva is only if you inspire yourself. He didn't know Kayan, because Ro came to him and says, Kayan, where's your brother? Which is like, Nujin says, what did you do? Killed your brother? Well, because Ro didn't know where his brother was, that he was six feet under the ground. But, so Akashbrochu was being over him to tshuva. Begging him to tshuva. Yeah, so th- that Adam Rishon didn't know. I thought tshuva only helps when you're being over yourself. You come to that inspiration yourself. That's what tshuva is. Tshuva means repent. And you come to that inspiration yourself. But if someone else inspires you, how do you know that tshuva also helps? So, he, so that's where he softened Kayan. Even though Kosh inspired him to do tshuva, still his tshuva helped. So he said, Mizmer Shabbos. Because Shabbos, unlike Yomtev, HaKosh Baruch is Mekadish HaShabbos. Yomtev, we make the Kiddush HaChodesh, we make the day into Pesach, into Shavuos, into Rosh Hashanah. But Shabbos, it's seven, every seven days is, is Shabbos. HaKosh gave that Kedusha. Mekadish HaShabbos, HaKosh is Mekadish HaShabbos, not us. And still, so just like that Kedusha came from HaKosh and we can benefit from it, so also Tshuva, that doesn't come from our own inspiration, and that's why he said Mizmor Shir Liyayma Shabbos. That's that was the that was the that was the answer, but that's the parallel. That's the parallel. And but we just have to be able to take away those things that impair our vision and impair our hearing, and impair our thought. Like Nistamu, Mayonas HaChachma, or the Mesoiris of Torah. And this way, in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayelech, the last mitzvah, 613, is Ashira Hazois, Sima That Klal Yisrael has the mitzvah to write this song. And the machloik is whether, what, what is the mitzvah? Some say the mitzvah is to write Parshas Hazinu. The Rambam says write Parshas Hazinu, but you can't just write Parshas Hazinu, so you've got to write the rest of the Torah. Hmm. It's, it, it, I think it's a little bit de- <laughs> depressing. But why? Torah has to be a song. Because Torah has to be your own song. It has to be your own tune. You know, we talk about uh, he's humming to his own tune, you know, he's beating to his own drum. Every person has to come to their inspiration in their own way. Yisrael. Every person has a letter in the Torah. Every letter stands on its own. We know in Hilchus Safras, 
every letter can't touch another letter because every letter has to be mukuf gvil, has to be surrounded by the parchment. Every letter stands on its own. But the letters create words and the words create meaning. So yes, everybody has their own dimension and but no one is larger or smaller. We're just different. But we all have our inner connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why the word, the word for, for, you know, for word is either Mila, right? This is Bris Mila. Or another word for, letter for word is Teva. Teva, which we know Tevas, Tevas Noyach was also a, a place of, of insulation where Noach and his family and his world were saved and they had to rethink, what is this world all about? Look what happened to the world pre, pre, prior and now they're being saved. We have to open our eyes. You'd give me this of, that we were saying during our Seres Mechuvah give us the ability to open up our eyes to a reality that is there all the time, all 365 days a year. And this is, this is the connection between why this 613th mitzvah of writing our own Sefer Torah, the lambdas b'nei Yisrael, teach it, be engaged in it, see your, your personal understanding in it, is, is very important. And this is why we also have the correlation between Yud Gibbel Midas, Shatur, and Idreshas that we say in our davening. We have to see the world in real time. That, that it's just the, you know, we read, we read, read the ingredients of uh, some products and they say, no colors, no additives, no, no sugar, no, no, uh, taste. no, no taste. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, no corn syrup, it has real sugar in it. So it's like Grace Yichas. That's why in Goyim buy the Pesach Dix Coke, because it has cane sugar. It doesn't have corn syrup. And they can taste the difference. So that's where they run after Yiddish Judaism, right? To run after the Pesach Dix Coke when it comes out in Ralph's. So, okay, that's, that's their prerogative. But other people can open their eyes and say, what are these Jews offering? Only not corn syrup on Passover. It's something else they teach the world. You'd give them midas arachamim that the world is that a world is not hefker, that the world has a has a king, and 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 this is you know I come to realization. I'm in the year for my father's ptira, uh, and obviously we say kaddish. The kaddish is not a punishment to the oval. Oh, he's, He's shackled to the shul. He has to be there every minion and daven. It's, uh, it's not easy to daven every day. Uh, people probably get sick of, of my voice, but it's, it's, you have to be there on time. You have to get the first Kaddish and you have to stay to the end. No more cutting out by Olenu. You have to be there for the last Kaddish. But it's an opportunity. HaKosh Baruch spoke, speaking to every oval, took away someone dear, your father, your brother, your sister, your a child but the things that are you have to say Kaddish for in that place we're able to see the Yud Gimel Midas Arachamim and on that we say with my new vision I'm able to see once we come around 
we're able to see a greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why during this Aseris Mechuva, the Kaddish changes because of everybody. We say, Le'elo, Le'ela. It's not just you're great. It's a reality. Le'elo, Le'ela, you're even greater than great. What's greater than great? It's like, you know, when someone's in front of you and they mamish save you. Whatever you, you define as saving. I want to go, there's some people, you know, they, they think the smallest thing is saving, uh, life-saving, you know, life-changing. It's not life-changing that you found this new product with the OU on it. It's life-changing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice. <laughs> this product, now, now we can eat uh, this other chazarai that's probably not good for us anyways. It's not life-changing. We use that term so easily. But when we're talking about a Koshbar, our eyes are open during our Sarasim Tshuva. La'elo, la'elo, mikol b'rchosa During this time of the Tshuva, Yud Gimel Midas are, are alive. Malchus Shemaim is alive. Kvoidei mole oilam. We can all see it, not just the oval. And that's what we have to say. La'elo, la'elo, mikol b'rchosa. Not just great, it's greater than great. That's what we, that's Malchus is in the air. And we see that it's not a it's not a a burden. And this is this culminates on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, you know, when we we, we know the Yom Kippur, we say Baruch Shem Kvoid We say it out loud. A whole year we don't say it out loud. Now this goes back to the Gemara and Psachim that we mentioned, where Yaakov Avinu's children said Shema Yisrael for the first time. But the Gemara says. But Moshe did say Shema Yisrael later in Devarim. He waited for us to catch up what Yaakov knew, what Yaakov's children knew. Way, way, way back in Parshas Vayichi, before Mitzrayim, and before Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, before Kriyas Yamsuf, they had a glimpse of that. There was the glimpse of the Shechina that Yaakov thought he, the Shechina left him. No, the Shechina didn't leave him. It went into his children. And they were able to say Shema Yisrael. To which Yaakov, in his level, that the Shechina was there in him in a high level, he said, Baruch Shem Kavoyed Malchusay, Oilam Void. But the Gemara said, but Moshe didn't say it. In, didn't, didn't say Shema in Parshas Vayechi, and, but Shema was written in Parshas Devorim. But Baruch Shem was not written in Parshas Devorim because that's a higher individual level of awareness. The glory of his kingdom, forever, always. Well, that's that's just not true for everybody. Some people are inspired. Some people live inspired. Some people are inspired most of the time. Some people are inspired that Rosh Hashanah says me They behave themselves, and some people, not even that, they can live seventy years. But they finally, the recesses in their minds remind them of the crying of the Panovich Sharov that they saw when they were four years old that was there in the, in the recesses of their mind. On Yom Kippur, where the, after 10 days of Yud Gimel Midas Arachim floating around that we say it and, and we, bang, we bang it into our heads and Le'elo, Le'elo, we say something, it's, it's there in the air, there we could say Baruch shame out loud like the Malachim do. Because we, we, that we can tap, every person, every person can tap into it on, on Yom Kippur. But a minute after Yom Kippur, it's gone. Marav, after Yom Kippur, we're still in our sneakers, in our kittel. And we wonder, 
one guy was screaming Baruch Shem, shush him down, right? What's going on? It, it's not in the air anymore. This mangrum, it's over. It's over. It's not, it's not as, Moshe didn't write it. And that was a bracha, it was a blessing that we have to work for it. And this is what Moshe Rabbeinu said, Vayelech Moshe, he was gone. Moshe Rabbeinu realized, if I don't have the, the, the Mesiris and the Nayonis HaChochma, I'm not the teacher for them because I'm supposed to be teaching them and being a reality of Kvot Shemayim on the highest level, Matan Torah, every time they looked at Moshe, they had the shine, he had to wear a mask. Right? And that's what they thought of when they saw, if they could see Moshe on a lower level, it's not Moshe. Moshe said, I can't, I can't be their leader. I got to go. Yeshua is going to take over. He'll be the leader for the new generation. I'm, I'm, I'm through. And this is what, this is the reality. This is the reality that we daven for through our learning at Torah. The Ho'er Einenu Hashem should give us the ability to be enlightened through our Torah. And we say a sentence in Avarabah. We say, we say, So we shouldn't have, Art Scroll translates this as inner shame. What's the inner shame? So I, did, I used to lead a beginner service for 15 years at the JLE. And I always said, what is, there's, if there's inner shame, it must be outer shame. Outer shame, you know, is okay. Your, your zipper's down, and someone says, Excuse me, your, your zipper's. Oh, yeah, I was walking around. Oh, and you start thinking about who saw me, who didn't see me, and you know, all these things. Or your hat is backwards, and someone finally has the guts to tell you that it's backwards. And oh, yeah, yeah you start thinking that's outer shame, that's garnished. What's inner shame? Inner shame is, uh, I always say the story, Rabbi Abram Tversky tells the story. He was a Hasidish person. And he was once on a bus riding in Pittsburgh, you know. He, he was the psychiatrist there in the big hospital. And he was on a bus, and someone comes over to him and says, Sir, you're a, sh- you're, you're a disgrace to your people because you have to sh- flaunt your Judaism, your, your, that you show your the long coat and the black hat and the beard flowing. And, and he looks at them, he says, Excuse me, sir, I'm not, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm Amish. It's a famous story. It says, I'm Amish. So the person says, oh, I'm so sorry. It's so nice that you keep your traditions. It's so wonderful. I, their people don't want to throw away their traditions. And, and it's so nice that people don't want to throw away their traditions. So he wrote in his book, he says, what was going on with this guy? Was he a schizophrenic? He says, no. This person was Jewish, and he had inner shame. That's inner shame. He was embarrassed by someone showing off his Judaism out loud. As soon as I said it's not Jewish, so, but that's inner shame. We pray to Hashem that the Torah should enlighten us. We shouldn't have inner shame. We shouldn't be embarrassed of ourselves. Be proud. Of course, you don't wrap your sittas to fling someone in the face, you know, be, be, be a normal a normal yid with all the midas, you give midas arachmim, but be proud of being a Jew and you'll see, you share that pride and the world will see it as well. This is what the Aserah Shemei Tshuva and Yudgimel Midas, the bris of Yudgimel Midas Arachamim, that we daven v'ho'ere neinu b'sayrosecha, that Hashem should give us the ability to see 
what we should see, and and we we daven for this every day. Hashivenu avinu l'seirasecha v'korvenu malkenu l'avodasecha v'achazirenu b'shuva shleimol l'fanecha. We daven that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, as the Father, gave us a Torah, and as a King, He gave us His avoda. But the Torah was given to us because. He loves us because he's a he's a father to us. We are the Yochid, we are the Ben Yochid. We are the individual son of all Hashem's children in the world. He gave us the Torah to learn from it, to be inspired. And we shall have a Gemar Chisima Taiva.